Saturday, December 2nd, 7.01 p.m. Bad Podcast. I'm Drew. I'm Brett. Welcome episode 10, guys. Colin Loftus. This one is overdue. Oh, I'm so excited, guys. Here we go. Thank you for joining us. So, what do you want to talk about? Oh, geez, you know. <laughs> what do we got? What do we got? What's a, what's a product? I don't know. What are we talking about? What are we... What's new? What's... Aliens. 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 Mm. They're fucking real, dude. If you disagree... Dude, there's like, no way they're not. Like, we're just the only rock in all of this vast, infinite space that has some sort of life. I think if they're dumber than us, then we probably would have enslaved them. Hmm. And if they're smarter than us, then they're like, nah, fuck, we're not talking to them. Isn't that a scary thought that we could be the most evolved thing in the entire universe? I so don't buy it, dude. Like, <laughs> I so don't buy it. You saw those videos we watched earlier. There's no way. Oh, it, mm. the video is the guy sh- farting on his dog. Like, unbelievable. Like, that is, this is the name? pinnacle of human Astrover. technology. Like, we developed the internet. Just we can send pictures, photos, videos, whatever to like somebody in Malaysia, somebody in China, and we choose to record ourselves farting on dogs. Dude, because we're just mm. we're just dumb apes still. We're not ready. Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be a lucky draw though if we are the most intelligent, most intellectually involved like evolved creatures. That would be a lucky draw of us. Mm. Right? The one in a million. True. That's that, a if that's lucky true, draw man, that we're like even able to just like exist. Consider like, we're just that a bunch question. Of, well, yeah, <laughs> we're a bunch of molecules that just decided to like like to be able to go to college and make all these decisions. Like we're aren't you like thirty percent or forty percent um, microbial like beings like mm. Um, mm. bacterial life in your stomach and stuff like that. Um, and that's not really you. No, exactly, exactly. So many of, and like where do you break it down to, like, what is you? Because, like, yes, one solitary skin cell is a part of you, but that's not you. But then, what is you? I guess the consciousness is, like, where you would arrive at, but... Have you ever heard that Plato thing, Plato wrote, where you uh, take a ship and you tear one board off at a time and and replace it with new boards, and he asks, when is that a new ship? Mm. No, I haven't heard that, but that's actually a really funny, like... Because it's a... On the surface, it's, like, just an easy philosophical question. Like, all right, so what, when does it become a new, like, but I have no idea. I genuinely have no idea. Is it the first board? Is it the last board? Is it 50% of the board? I think it's a steering wheel. (laughs) New ship. (laughs) And different. (laughs) I guess if you held a gun to my head, I'd say, like, 51% new ship, you know? When you're Mm. 51% rebuilt, that's a majority, I guess, but I don't really, that doesn't sit well with me necessarily. Dude, what do you think about that cross? You guys know that crosswalk thing where it's like there's three people on one side of the tracks and there's one person on the other side of the tracks and you're standing there and you have the rail rail railroad oh, operator oh, the and the train quandaries. is yeah the the train is going towards the one person and the you, one person you know versus three strangers or yeah exactly right? yeah. yeah and you you have the opportunity to change it to kill the three instead of the one is that how it goes or is it the other way around that's generally how it goes I think there's a lot of different twists on it so it's tough to like I don't know what the original moral quandary was but I actually um, we had a philosophy club in my high school and we always did moral quandaries at the end and it was so fun and we did that one mm. a couple different times with like different variants of like oh it's your grandma versus three congressmen or it's like your father versus three of the players on your favorite football team like whatever um, but yeah moral quandaries are really 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 fun um just because it gives you a, a greater indication, I think, of who those people are. Like, people can unveil things about themselves without even really intending to. Just answering a simple question, I think it's really fascinating. And those are usually the easiest, because it's like, what would you do in this life-or-death situation? And how people think they're going to react is um, 
really indicative of who they think they are and mm. how they think they are. Mm. Yeah, it's important that you said who they think they are. Yeah. Because just, cause just because that's what they think that, that that's how they're going to act, that doesn't necessarily mean... You have no oh, idea. Absolutely. Until you get into the situation, you can prepare all you want. Like, I could be going to CPR and EMT classes right now, and if I faint when I see blood, all of that's for naught. Like, you have no idea until you're in it. It's mm. really interesting. Absolutely. Dude, those people who faint when they see blood are kind of crazy. Like... That's kind of like evolutionary. Yeah. Like, what happens there? It's like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> it's over. Those are the possum people. There's like a, a small Play sect dead, of the yeah. human population. Mm. <laughs> do you guys think that, totally new topic, but do you guys think that bears and sharks and all these t- apex predators are wired to kill humans? Or do you think that it's accident? I think we self-aggrandize for, like, we're afraid of them because they can kill us, and we're not used to things being able to kill us, so we're like, oh my god, that shark can kill us, so all it does is kill humans, and it's like, no, like, 98% of that shark's life is just, like, swimming around, like, swim, 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 prey, bite, mm-hmm. swim, 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 like, it it does not perceive, I think, actually, living on the Cape, um, we have to deal with sharks a little bit more, so, like, we're a little bit more informed like i have to read about them in the newspaper and stuff like that like you saw the news loves yeah. it dude oh they like thrive mm-hmm. on it even though it kills the tourist industry it's really fun very actually. true um but they perceive us as i think like crippled seals or something like if you're on a surfboard and they see the flailing legs they perceive you as a crippled seal and they're like oh sweet easy meal like that's hmm. fast food for a shark. Dude, did you see the Nosset where the shark attacked the seal but it was right next to two surfers and it still attacked mm-hmm. the seal mm-hmm. which is interesting to me well, I guess yeah. human tastes kind of gross to sharks. That's my understanding, at least. I don't want to misrepresent. I'm not a shark scientist. Or a shark. Yeah. Can you, like, when we edit this, can you give me the shark scientist? My, <laughs> we got it. Shark scientist. <laughs> shark Bad shark podcast dish. shark. Week. Yeah, we can print out a certificate. All right. I like that. That'd be that. perfect. R- Rodrigo signing off on it. <laughs> Senor Rodrigo. <laughs> no, that's definitely an interesting question, though, because, like, I just I think it's so tough to answer because our perspective is so hard to like rip yourself out of. Like it's hard mm-hmm. to not be a human and be like, I don't know what do bears do most of the time because for us it's like, oh, we're camping in our tent and bears come and attack us or want to eat our marshmallows or whatever. Um, I think yeah. about that a lot. Like when Chris and I had the bear come into the camp, mm. we made it very known that we were there to the bear and it chose to run away because we scared it, but. That's what you're it could have to, turned right? the other way. You're supposed to like pr- pronounce yourself as a large um, force. Like you're supposed to raise your arms yeah. above your head and growl. And I probably wouldn't. Like again, we were mm-hmm. saying like we don't know how we'd act in those situations. I might do that, but I really I wouldn't anticipate myself being able to be a bear against mm. a bear. Yeah. And I mean, you guys had the benefit of being a little bit secluded from the bear. Like if it was like you were on the ground and mm. the bear was just walked in through the bushes four feet away then it might be a different yeah dude the situation just got real so quick in that there was no running mm. I'm like I can't get away from a bear <laughs> what am right. I gonna climb a yeah, tree there's no negotiation like, there stand and fight it's like when I went yeah. down to um, Florida and they have crocodiles and they're amazingly casual about having crocodiles like they have these giant like prehistoric era lizards that, that is a dinosaur dude. it is mm. literally a dinosaur and they're just like, oh, yeah, those live in the swamps. Don't let your cats outside. Like, it's just part of living in Florida. Yeah, keep That's your kids mind-boggling. Close. Like, yeah, some kid got chomped at Disney World, like, a year or two ago. We probably shouldn't say that because, like, Disney sues everybody. But 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> to do that. Hunt us down. Get us for everything we're for worth, which is not much. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, now that I think about it, though, sharks are a lower form of life than lizards, though, right? I don't know. Where, how are you defining like forms of life? What's your higher? Oh, yeah, that, I just figured that it had to climb out of the sea. <laughs> the sharks <laughs> just kind of stayed there, but I never. I didn't think of the fact that yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe you want to live in because whales. Whales have been around forever, and whales were just like, nah, fuck you. I'm staying, staying mm-hmm. in the ocean. I'm like an octopus. No, do you know what I heard that that mammals came out of the ocean and then formed the backbone and the hands and everything, and then the mammals that exist in the sea went back. Wow. Yeah, that's why like, they have the animal. Shit just, yeah, dude. No. It had to come out to become a mammal and then returned. Hmm. Wow. That's, that's really, crazy. Really crazy. I heard that, um, and this is kind of different, but when Paul Stamets was talking about how humans share more of a common ancestor with fungi than any other of the kingdoms, pretty insane mm. to think of. Just like our cell functions and everything. I wish I could recall more of the information, but... Mm. You wouldn't even think that to be He's remotely He's a data true. king. Like, you mm. can't keep up with his data. He's no, like, there's a study done in 2014. Where like... <laughs> I love those people. Those people are just so empirically sound. Like, I, that's honestly what I strive for. But it's also, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Because, you know, like, like you can make stats say anything. is like one of mm. the oldest adages. But it's so true. Like, you could misrepresent whatever you wanted. But when people are quoting just bare scientific studies saying, this is the information that's not really manipulating... I think that's a different story, you know. Dude, mm. the scientific attitude is so... It's a miracle that that ever came about. Yeah, yeah, like scientific theory especially. I try to bring the tribal mindset back a little bit. Mm. Like I was talking about how when I go in the woods, I say to the woods, I'm like, if there's any wood spirits out here or some sort of nature god, nature god out there... Pygmies. Yeah, like, I'm just a dumb white man. I don't know the customs of this mm. area that have evolved. Like, please forgive me. Do you think that tribalism is, like, outdated in today's world? Like, we're so surrounded by this society. Do you think we still need a tribalistic mindset? Like, you clearly seek it out, so it's just interesting. Mm. I just think that it's integral to a part of being human. Mm. And I think it's a some loss to totally forsake it. No, I totally agree. I think we're inherently tribalistic. Um I just think some of it or originates in lower parts of our brain. I think like mm. the the most recently evolved parts of our brain that make us human and like conscious um, are less tribalistic, or at least have the codes to be overriding that tribalistic yeah. thought. So it's mm. interesting. I, I guess it was probably like the ideal is a balance between the two, but yeah, it clicks in more to the emotional facilities instead mm-hmm. of the logic. Like it's some, it's a feeling <clears throat> that like feeling of. Of group inclusion mm. and it's a necessary feeling because without it you'd go crazy oh exactly like have you ever talked to somebody that's just so rigidly logical in every aspect of their yes. lives it's horrifying it's mm. horrifying how do you live like that 24 7 like i i consider myself a pretty logical person but like obviously you need to allow space for emotions for feelings like when people just try and iron that out like they're an organic robot it's so horrifying meat computer if you will mm. You are meat a computer. robot. That's another good band name. If I was like, if we started a <laughs> meat band computer. Tomorrow, it's meat, yeah. meat computer. <laughs> I think so. I think that's it. Can we just change the name of the podcast? Meat, meat computer. computer. Meat computer. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Episode ten. We become the meat computer. <laughs> podcast meat computer episode one. <laughs> starting here. Yeah, the grossest part would be that you're required to say meat computer at least once an episode. Ew, that's gonna yeah. be. Yeah. You get pretty old. 
What do you think about the current administration, man? I, I hate to turn oh. it. I hate to turn it political, but I honestly, um, <laughs> um, so you know that I'm supremely left leaning in my thought generally. Um, I think there needs to be a balance, but I think there's like no nothing semblance, no semblance of balance in today's world. Sorry, one second. Um, it's honestly difficult for me to speak on the administration right now um, for a multitude of reasons. I try to stay informed, but honestly, I believe. In today's world, it's truly difficult to stay informed on, like, just the facts without any spin. So mm. my, my parents watch MSNBC, and that's obviously way less biased than Fox News, not to name names. Um, but it's still incredibly biased. Like, you watch it, and you're like, wow, they are, they are taking this information. They're trying to sell it a certain way. So I'm, I've become sort of disillusioned with politics, honestly. It's been a journey for me because I'm a mm. political science major. Um, I was a social work major for a bit, and I'm going back to the political science major. But it's been it's been truly like eye opening because I um, I really wanted to work in international affairs. That was my dream. I did model UN in high school. It was something I really enjoyed, um, and just like you can solve a lot of global social issues. That's really appealing to me. But then I saw Trump install um, South Carolina, I think former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, or she might have been a senator. I apologize. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, but she is very much a mouthpiece of the administration in mm. um, the UN, and that's just kind of disappointing. I know that's partially what an ambassador is supposed to do, but you see previously prestigious positions, alliteration, um, which are <laughs> melting down into, like, like, and Obama Favorites. was guilty of this too. Yeah, I, I don't want to say that Trump ruined everything because it's been a it's been a constant devolution since I think if I had to circle a spot and say like this was it, it would be the late '80s with Reagan and the early '90s with Gingrich. Um, Newt Gingrich was Speaker of the House in the House of Representatives and decided on obstructionism as a method of. Um, getting legislation they didn't like off the floor. So it was a Democratic majority. They figured out they had just enough votes to cut down legislation they didn't like, and they were just obstructionist on anything that was liberal policy. Um, and we've seen how that's evolved into today's, like, I don't want to scratch your back, you won't scratch mine, we'll get nothing done. Um, so it's been it's been a really dynamic shift in American politics in the last 30 years. And obviously the advent of technology and social media, um, there's so much going on. So it's tough to just, like to comment on one specific aspect of it, I guess. Um, and there's so much going on internationally that we're ignoring right now because we are, like, we're so entrenched. We have something going on here that we need to focus on. So there are, you know, um, Muslims in Malaysia right now who are having to leave for India and Burma, or not Burma, I apologize, um, for other places. And they are Myanmar, not my Malaysia. I really apologize. Oof. Rohingya. Um, Muslims and they are a minority population and actually the president of their country won the Nobel Peace Prize just a few years ago for helping negotiate the like the peace between the Rohingya and the um, majority population in the country and I think early estimates are that 500,000 people have lost their lives and 500,000 people have migrated like that's like um, it's the Stalin quote and I hate to quote Stalin talking about genocide but like the, the one person uh, one person's lives lost is a tragedy and a million is a statistic like 500,000 is just a totally inconceivable number and I think that's mm. when us especially I don't know if it's especially an American thing but my perspective is being an American I think we get so overwhelmed by that number that we don't think about it like we just cannot conceive of it yeah. Um, but yeah yeah that's a, a brief 
a brief spat. So fuck politics him. nowadays. Um, yeah, mm. Not fuck politics. I think they're so important, but I think... Um, well, fuck money in politics, first off. Fuck money Biggest in politics. Biggest number like, one problem. Yeah, like, uh, forever and ever and ever, fuck money in politics. And it it's rooted in good things. Like, even fuck money in politics sounds... Um, controversial but it started out because there were nonprofits lobbying to get certain say you're a, a sight loss nonprofit and you help people who are blind and they're saying um the current qualifications for being blind to the government is 100 to 10 vision and i have 65 to 10 vision but i can't drive and it's not corrective could you um lobby to the government and ask that they amend this so that i could be included and if enough people came forward you would make that motion like it started in a good place and then corporations and higher higher income individuals realized how much influence they could buy and if you have the money to buy the influence and you need the influence why wouldn't you like logistically it's legal it's yeah like, they're gonna play the cards for sound. themselves yeah, yeah exactly um like the fact that money is free speech mm, just makes me it's ridiculous. not it is but it's it shouldn't be right absolutely and it, it's only it only is in very recent history, it's actually kind of fascinating to be growing up in our generation because you think about Citizens United was passed uh, no more than a decade ago. Um, and it's obviously it's a point of contention for a lot of people, but it's still in effect. Like we've been living most of our at least our adult lives or our politically conscious lives with that in the mix. So like, doesn't that color between that, the Patriot Act, like so many legislation that was so much legislation that was passed that was um so so like mm. dynamic shifting yeah yeah just like it took the very basic principles of politics and completely turned it on its fucking head um so it's intriguing this is really funny because i'm listening to myself right now and i'm thinking back to the podcast you guys did with connor and i'm like this is the antithesis of the podcast that you did with connor <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly what we love dude no absolutely oh. i just i wish i could be better sourced right now i gotta have you and connor no worries. Mm, that'd be really fun honestly i really enjoy talking to connor i think he has really good insight i don't mean to slander him at all i'm just listening to my talking points and remembering his and i'm like wow that's so funny <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah man. i don't know man i feel like that it could be a swing in the pendulum mm. i oh you know i love my dichotomies you, do. you love your dichotomies and uh maybe government is swinging right right now absolutely i think and then it, we're gonna see a leftward swing in the coming years it's it's fascinating that you say that because i think it's definitely historically backed up too but um you can see kind of the patterns of where different party politics have taken us um and i mean we can talk about the republican tax bill that was just passed which is oh you saw that dude frightening i mean it hasn't quite passed yet but it was passed Initially, by both the House and Senate, they passed separate pieces of legislation. That's just how a bicameral legislation works. They work on like the Senate version of the bill and the House version of the bill, and then it'll go back to a committee and they'll discuss, kind of negotiate between the two houses and say, "All right, well, we made these amendments. We made these amendments. Which can we keep? Which should we delete?" Um, and then they can ratify it from there. So it hasn't fully passed. I don't want to misrepresent, but a lot of the stuff that's in there is. Uh, really frightening for a, a multitude of reasons they actually passed a lot of last minute amendments for like abortion is at conception like a lot of different yeah. shit that they I were saw that like, all right well we're passing it it's explicitly legal to drill in the arctic yep, yep. In all these different places yeah it's wild um 
But you look at this tax plan that they're proposing now, and you look historically at tax plans that were proposed by Republican Congresses in 1928 and 1929, right before the Great Depression. Um, you look at the Republican economy, or the Republican policies that formed and affected the economy in the early to late 2000s with under Bush, because he started with, um, he actually he pa helped pass Citizens United and a lot of that, but, um, fuck, I totally derailed, I apologize. Give me one Don't even worry. Have you ever heard the, uh, the Bob Dylan song, He's Just a Pawn in Their Game? Mm, I, I have, I can't conjure it up quite in my head right now, but I, I'm a huge fan of Dylan. It's just um, him talking to the, the southern white man and how the, mm. politi the politicians are like, you're not black, you got it better, don't complain. Ooh. And it, Yeah, and he's selling them on this idea and they don't realize that they have all these mutual interests. When you really think about it, someone who makes zero dollars and someone who makes a million dollars have more in common than someone who makes a million to someone who makes a billion. Mm. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Like I, I generally understand what you're saying. I just mm. like... I'm just looking at the math. Okay. Like a million dollars and then from oh, a million okay. dollars yeah. to a billion is... Purely from a number standpoint, you're absolutely It's a thousand right. millions, yeah. Yeah, billion is just like... Like honestly, I think if you gave me $10 million tomorrow, I could super comfortably live for the rest of my life. Like that's an inconceivable number for me personally. And I think that number varies for different people. But people will say way higher numbers, and it's like, really, you can't like ten million dollars is a lot of money. Oh my god, I would I could live mansions. forever. Man. Like, if you're if you're even remotely responsible with it, you could be so comfortable. Dude, imagine getting a loan for a million dollars, like Trump did. A small, a small loan. loan of a million dollars to start your business. Ugh. Like, what did we start this fucking podcast off of? Uh, yeah, right. Sub a thousand dollars, like a thousand dollars. Imagine what we could do with a million, man. Oh my god, that's probably, that's probably some, some units of payment, right? <laughs> um, we wouldn't be using freaking cameras. No. <laughs> We'd be using video cameras. Oh my, yeah, that'd be nice. A million dollar podcast show. Going back to the um, pendulum. Yes. Have you ever heard that Emerson quote where it says the the path of a ship is a million, I'm sorry, a thousand ta tacks left and right, the average of width which equal out to a straight line? No, but I really enjoy that. I that has guided my life in so many ways. That like, makes a lot of sense. That's like get your shit together, you can have some fun. Get your shit together, have some fun. Right. And when you stay in that balance between the two of order and chaos. Yeah, because if you're constantly trying to toe that line, then I think the line itself shifts one way or another. It does, and then you're not definitively moving ahead through time. Exactly, because if you take your life and you're on task every single day, like 9 to 5, doing what I need to do, and that's it. Like, bedtime, wake up, do my shit. Bedtime, wake up, do my shit. Like That's, that's death. That's no way to live. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Life is spontaneity, man. Mm. And to get stuck in this ritual, this routine, it's just soul grinding and that's that's death to me no I, is to I not totally have agree. the freedom yeah. to stray from that unless you create the routine so that it works best for you mm -hmm. if it's the routine that gives you the best fulfillment in your life like i mean i was thinking yesterday i was talking to colin discipline truly equals freedom but not if it's not if it's a discipline that a i think someone else sets for you mm -hmm. forced to yeah and you're kind of chasing that. that carrot on the stick and b if I kind of lost my train of thought, but I guess just if that discipline prevents you from truly reaching your happiness and it's 
like eventually you you just keep chasing this one thing and you finally you're like all right i can finally relax if i get this like i'll just keep working harder and harder and eventually i don't know like 30 years later you get hit by a bus and all that chasing for nothing Mm. i think humans get so caught up in like we want a one size fits all like fix it button like you'll buy uh, self-help books are so indicative of this who's the the marine that we jocko 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 willing jocko navy seal all right so um using jocko as an example and in fairness i have not read his book so i can't speak to it but my understanding from what you guys have conveyed to me and really like on a very basic level that is a regiment that he made for him with his life experiences Mm -hmm. and it works for him and that's wonderful but you're adopting that as if your lifestyle has been the exact same experiences that his has been like you right. need totally different discipline. A lot of it can be the same. It could be a really good like backbone for you to build on. But I think it's really difficult for you to just take somebody else's and try and cookie cutter yourself into what worked for somebody else. Absolutely. Um, not to mention that some of the self help is just like totally pseudoscience-y or just oh, like, yeah. like leading a horse to water sort of like dream about what you want. Yeah. achieve that and it's like yep that's life that is all of life yeah. like, dude so many of these bullshit motivators act like you gotta fr- I hate they're like stay up late you gotta sleep less yeah, gotta, yeah. I'm like you're so wrong if you gotta you're not sleep working yourself more to death yeah you're not doing good enough it's this slow progress this gradual progress working in alignment with the sun and with yourself and your motivations it's not this perpetual grind that we're talking and i believe that's partially partially if not mostly uh equated to or thanks to um a corporate society that i think we've built over like since probably the 50s 50s were really Mm. we developed plastic like Mm. that was when mass market consumerism really cropped up um to my understanding um and i think part of that extension is that we need to work to buy more things and we need to work to make our bosses happy so that we can make more things that other people can buy and I think, like, obviously that's a very simple reading of what it is, but I think that has to be a portion of it. Like, we're such a commercialistic culture. Think about how many cars are in this parking lot right now for, like, 20-year-olds. Like, yeah. we, we don't have too much going on, and we were like, we all need this two-ton death machine <laughs> to get me exactly. to go all the time. And it's only $5,000. It's only $10,000. Like... That's a lot of money. That's a lot of units of payment, man. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Think about the groceries you could buy with that. (laughs) Think about projecting that on a global level. If you took $10,000 and went to, like, Taiwan tomorrow, like, that exchange rate, you were going to live like a king. There's so... Oh. That's honestly a goal of mine is to go somewhere, somewhere in Southeast Asia. Obviously, I'd need to learn the language. There's a lot of preparation that needs to go into that. But, um... There's so much fresh food, like so a different culture, like a totally different culture to sink your teeth into. And really, I'm a mango junkie. And <laughs> fresh mm. mangoes from the mangroves—that is like, ooh, oh, that's I too good. Under the tree I actually have a lot of bodybuilders, not bodybuilders, but powerlifters who move there because they can get fr- such cheap massages. Really, like you can get massages for five, ten dollars instead mm. of the hundred, hundred and fifty dollars. That makes here. a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, deadlifting must suck in, like, L.A. County, where everybody has money and everybody wants bougie shit, like, massages, like, to have to go as a an aspiring deadlifter. I'm thinking, like, Conor McGregor, like, on food stamps so he can train level. <laughs> like, Dude, those are $300 massages. Massaging is so integral to being a well-functioning body. Mm. We've so left that behind. 
Absolutely. Stretches and massage. I think they go like hand in hand. Yes. Stretching is just self massage, really. I mean, obviously, you can self massage, mm. but like. Self massage is even important. That's the that's the basics. Well, people don't really think about it, but like when you stub your toe, like you rub your toe. That's that's a little massage. When you like hit your knee on something, you're like ah, and you like grab your knee for however long. Like that's that's a a slight. Even if it's just like the thumbs rubbing against the spot, like you're mm. giving some treatment mm. to it. Yeah, you gotta. People gotta get in the habit of giving affection to their body and just being thankful. Mm, like yeah. your feet carry you around all day, man. The least you can do is. Just rub the tension that is mm-hmm. built up there over the day, or even just massaging your hands. It's so simple, and it just feels so good when you're done. Absolutely, yeah. projecting that onto a slightly larger scale. One of the quotes that I've been really gravitating to lately is the. Um, it's attributed to a lot of different people, so I'm actually not even going to try and attribute it to somebody. I think it originally comes from a, a rabbi in the 14th century, but it goes. Um, if I am not for myself, who will be? Mm. If I am only for myself, what am I? <coughs> and um, if I am only for others... Oh, fuck. I forget the last part. But, um, yeah, if I am only for myself, what am I? If I am only for others... Yeah, no, I get your point. Yeah, but uh, if... Cool. It, yeah, you can't be just for yourself. You can't be just for others. You have to be for yourself and for others. And because love for others stems from love for oneself. And if you're not for yourself, why should anybody else be? Legitimately, why should anybody else be? If you can't put the effort into yourself and saying, like, I love Brett. Mm. Like, you wake up, you need to give yourself that that allowance, you know? I That's think such are, basics, man. Exactly. And people are so hard on themselves that they leave out the very, very, very basics. Like, we... Maybe that's a detriment to being in such an advanced technological society. The individual like, is left behind. Well, yeah, the growth has been so exponential just in our lifetimes. Like, you think about when we were very, very young, video games were like PlayStation 2 and Game Boy. And if you wanted to listen to music, if you were lucky, you had a CD player that skipped every time the car went over a bump. Like, like so many ridiculous evolutions that have happened just since we were like 10 to 20. Right. That's, that's such a dynamic change that, I mean, obviously technology has increased for everybody who's ever been alive, but I don't think even close to this rate. Oh, Dude, no. I remember trying to play my Game Boy Advance in the car when it was, there was no backlight yeah. mm. at night. So I'd be like with it at the window like yeah. trying to get the one friggin overhead light that I drive on I got the uh, the Game Boy SP for Christmas one oh, year and it was like legitimate tears changer. of joy oh yeah it was all over mm. dude my family's first uh, home computer had a 16 gigabyte hard drive wow. my wow. phone is 128 gigabytes that's insane it's in- absolutely insane but and like if you bought a baseline if you went to the Metro PCS down like the street and bought like the $20 phone that they gave you that's probably a 16 gigabyte like that yeah. $20 phone Basics. is equivocal to like probably a $1500 computer maybe even more I don't really know that's crazy dude data is so cool mm. it's and expanding we're needing more and more well now they're looking at quantum computing and that's just like other other level shit like I honestly I can't speak to it and get, do it justice but it is so fascinating whenever I read about it um mm. Just the ability to calculate on a quantum level rather than having to do it binarily is so fascinating. Yeah. Like that like think about how much binary computers have changed our game hmm. in like we were talking earlier about um how technology can be weaponized so quick and like in nineteen hundred we invented planes and by nineteen forty five we destroyed a nation with bombs out of a plane. 
Like it took us by splitting an atom. It took us half yeah. a century. That's like in human time. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, all right, so this is cool, but we can totally annihilate this entire <laughs> yeah. nation and, and bring them to their knees so that we can win a war. Dude, for real. Like that's just such a crazy dynamic shift, and that's kind of what humans do with technology. It's scary. We consistently develop this new, stronger, better, more humane weapon in hopes that it'll end war, and, like, it never does. The machine gun was invented during the Civil War, um, and the doctor who developed it thought he was, like, doing the best thing for humanity because once people saw these machine guns, they would never want to go to war. And the Civil War had the most casualties of any war <laughs> Good idea. to that date. Wow. Yeah. And then, like, the same thing with World War One and chlorine gas. And we were like, oh, okay, well, this will just totally deter people from even coming in. And it's like, no, they're ordered to march in. They're going to keep marching. You, like, killed a thousand people. It's just, it's wild, the tendency to, yeah. of those in power. I don't think it's human nature to try and. Uh, exactly. It's when you're pitted against each other and when we're thinking, what is China up to and what is Russia up to and. If they don't, if they develop this technology before we do, then they have the upper hand. So we better just have it on the hand. race. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's insanity. It's typically not even the innovator of the technology that uses it in the weaponized manner. Mm. Like the innovator will create it in hopes that, like you said, it'll end war or further humanity, mm-hmm. and then somebody else will take it and pimp it to their own usage. Kind of like a, I guess like like the scientists who invented the atom bomb. Mm. When they were when they invented it, they told every war general they were like, "Do not use this. We don't know if it will evaporate the atmosphere." Right. They set it off anyway. I think uh, during all right, we'll go test it in Nevada. Like, all right, we'll go drop word. it on a Pacific. We'll check island. it out. <laughs> and then um, I think like Zyklon A, yep. they oh. they invented to use to kill rats. Just mm-hmm. that. Dynamite like they, won the first Nobel Prize for chemistry. Dynamite was such a revolutionary, like, for building. Wow. Just for demolition and building. And then it wound up killing <laughs> literally millions of people. <laughs> Someone else was like, oh, hey, this is cool. I'm going to take this and use it for something Student else. science tweet. <laughs> Fucking Jordan, nerd. Jordan Peterson was talking about how, the, how a lot of genocides stem from the disgust instinct. Mm. Where we Hitler didn't actually think that Jews were these bad people and bad for the environment but rather he was cleaning up all of Germany and getting into all the different corners and they were seen as a dirty people and they were looked at through this disgust lens and Mm. Zyklon A was originally used to kill rats in factories. And when you refer to people for rodents for a decade and put them in a section of the city called the ghetto and make them eat like rats and live like rats like it becomes really easy to believe that they did it to themselves. an easy allegory that might be dicey to some people because no, like, black people didn't endure the Holocaust, and that is a, a unique pain. I can't, like, can't compare the two. But um, blacks in America and the way that they're portrayed um, and the way that they're perceived, I think, generally, we, like, um, mm. an older friend of ours was talking with us and um, mentioned... Uh, that the blacks commit more crime and it was like ooh it's like you had to, had to totally but that's their perception like that's been the perception for hundreds of years and that's because the people in power push this perception so that we'll digest it and the more disgusting that and the more other i think like it doesn't even have to mm. be disgust disgust is what it usually is because i think it's an easy like it's almost involuntary so it's an easy yeah. emotion to evoke 
Like, if I wanted to make you angry, I have to think about what makes Brett angry. How can I, like, really hurt him to make him angry? If I want to make you disgusted, it's almost universal. Like, if Pretty I show you something yeah. disgusting, I show you something disgusting, you're both going to go, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a very interesting phenomenon. Um, horrifying, but, you know, that's that's where we're at. I think it's really interesting that we're coming into a, a spot where 20-year-olds can discuss this and be aware of this. Like, we're not studying at an elite university these aren't ideas that are hard to access they're online they're like mm. we're so lucky to be living in this time even though it's so scary i really like i need to believe that this point in history is growing pains to a period of more peace and just like recognition that we're human beings you know like mm. obviously things are not always going to be peaceful we will squabble like there will be issues over land and resources and whatever but like what we're squabbling over now will seem so trite, I hope, going forward. And that's just my personal belief system. That's, like, my personal rationale, I guess, for where we're at right now. How you're saying about how quickly the plane, the uh, airplane accelerated, I feel like we're at a turning point right now, and we could accelerate very quickly bad in a bad direction or very quickly in a good direction. And we won't know. That's we the scary don't know. part. Like, mm-hmm. last week... Um, I read a headline that Russia, like, just announced to the entire UN body, like, we're not going to believe or follow anything you say yeah. about militarized robots. I mm. saw that. That's yeah. the future, homie. Militarized they just said they won't robots. listen. Yep. And, like, what's binding them to listen? That's always been the flaw of these united mm. bodies. Um, like, the League of Nations was the solution after World War One. We were like, this can never happen again. This was terrible. We'll form the League of Nations. And then the U.S. balked on it, and then other countries balked on it, and then it didn't have the enforceability and actually led partially to World War II. And I, I'm not saying that the U.N. is inherently flawed. I think it's a great system. I think it's great for what we use it for. I think it could be empowered a lot more. I think right now it's just a place for countries to flex and to go and, <laughs> and say, like, oh, okay, so we're America, and we're going to say that we're in support of this this resolution, and then we can go back to America and not follow any of this resolution. Like Absolutely. Like, we've done that historically so much over the past 70 years, I guess, since uh, since the United Nations has been created. Do you know what I find beautiful, though? Now we have the upper echelon of American government mm-hmm. ignoring these pacts, such as the Paris Climate Agreement. And mm-hmm. even though they're very basic, it's not no stretch for us to really meet these goals. Right. But we see... The, we see a bottom-up perspective. Now we see local towns yeah. and mayors and different businesses mm-hmm. saying, we will we will stick to the Paris Accords. That's actually, I'm really glad you touched on that. That's part of what I kind of meant to touch on with um, the growing pains sensation is that we're getting back to our roots. We're getting back to what democracy is supposed to be like because it was so much easier to, like, you just elect somebody every two years and then every four years for president and, like, Bam, like done. I don't have to think about any of the issues. I just think about my guy when it's time. And like clearly that was a detrimental uh, thought pattern because here we are, but we're relearning. We're going, okay, how do we, what is democracy? We're really kind of rediscovering it, I think. And I mean, I mean, there have always been people who canvass. There have always been people who firmly believe in democracy and try to spread it. I think we got so lazy and complacent as a population that we really didn't care about we gave them the control we gave them the power because we didn't want the responsibility and we weren't paying attention 
Yep. And we now have the technology to constantly pay attention to the point that people are manipulating it so we don't know what we're paying attention to. Mm. Like the information's been... Flood the market. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's totally been the strategy. It's really fascinating to see it play out in real time. Like, it's genuinely interesting, but also it's horrifying from, like, a human standpoint, you know? It's yeah. funny when someone knows something about them is going to come out and they just get it out first so that they yeah. can put the spin on it and get the initial idea yeah. and... The people's like I forget what Trump's son got in trouble for colluding with Russia. Colluding with Russia, yeah, and he just put it out there right away. Yeah, he was like, "Here are the emails," and we were like, "Geez, we didn't say anything about emails, dude. Like, take it down or not?" Exactly, because he want he wants to get it out there. He wants to get like if someone comes in and yells at you, if you get in a fight with a customer at work, you better get on that phone with your boss. Oh first. yeah, hey, we got a crazy that came in and da 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 da. She mm. you know wanted a coupon. I said that's a piece of hair and I can't accept <laughs> it. <laughs> You're going to get a call. like Yeah, otherwise they're going to go in and the boss is going to be more likely to agree with that person. Absolutely. Because by the time they're talking to your boss, they can be like level-headed again and go, oh, your employee was so disrespectful. And of course, like they're talking to the customer. They're going to side with the customer. Yeah, Customers and they can spend the story every, any way they want to, really. Oh, absolutely. I they think, can say um, you hit them and it's a he said, she said. like Unless oh, you have yeah. security camera footage, but that's like... Not necessary for this hypothetical scenario. Yeah, security cameras are such a blessing and a curse. Oh, such an advent. Like I talk to my parents and hear about like just the like just the hijinks that they got into. Nothing crazy. Like my mom once like poured laundry soap into a fountain in the middle of town and it just like <laughs> it made suds and bubbles and like it stopped traffic for thirty minutes. And like today that would be criminal mischief. Like that would be a felony it was just like something cute and funny and like really pretty harmless, but mm. that's security camera footage. Like there's no no uh, knowledge. Yeah, yeah, there's no way to know. Because, like, chances are there might not be um, camera footage if you go to, like, break into an abandoned building or something. Like, there's probably not camera footage, but that thought's going to be in your mind. Yeah. Like, you're thinking surveillance. And if you're thinking surveillance, you're not going to do the bad thing, which mm. I don't think is necessarily negative, but it's definitely... It's authoritarian in its roots, I think. Yeah. If you're thinking about not doing it, not because it's the right thing to do, but because you're afraid of being caught by some omniscient force, then that's pretty authoritarian, mm. I think. I don't think that's unfair to miscategorize. You put the cops in their brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like thought crime, almost. It's mm. a, a step past thought crime. But I actually heard Carl Jung say that about... Well, I heard Terrence McKenna saying that's what Carl Jung said, that... Yoga was originally practiced to free themselves of the the customs of Eastern culture mm. because the whole karma system was saying if we if you don't get caught in the physical world, the spears are going to get you in the next coming world. Interesting. It's a way of putting mm. the put like I said, putting the police into the people's minds. Mm. So he Carl Jung actually said that he, that the West should not practice yoga as a as a spiritual discipline. Interesting. He's. It could be just a stretching yeah, of the it's muscles. Good it's good stretching, but he doesn't think that it's a. It should be a spiritual thing because it. It was a, a specific reaction to living in a certain environment, political environment. I can definitely understand that though. It's like this is a really bad comparison, but like um, the punk movement in Britain mm. and like American bands tried to capture that punk movement and like the sound was just so totally inauthentic. Like the Sex Pistols were an authentic, like. You may like or dislike the Sex Pistols, but they were clearly an advent of the British punk rock um, 
era and obviously america wanted to replicate it and go like oh we'll we'll take this and we'll make it ours like we always do like we did with rock and jazz and the blues and folk and whatever else Mm -hmm. um and we failed because it was inauthentic and i think art has to be authentic art inherently or rather i personally am attracted to authentic art i'm attracted to any art where somebody can say this is me this is what i'm projecting to you it's Mm -hmm. not you know, it's not an idealized version of myself. It's not something to convey a better story. This is authentically a story I need to tell. It's funny um, how these idea you can incorporate someone's ideas and still put your own spin on it too, though. Mm. Like I've been looking at this this artist Chuck Close. I believe I showed yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, you did. And I love how he plays on the macro and the micro scale. So where there's a little black, he'll paint a little bit of he'll paint a mini picture in the black square mm-hmm. and then as you zoom out it becomes the actual picture but I can't that's not my original idea you know what I'm saying mm. so I I can't call that if I was to make something based upon that there are zero original ideas like it's so good that we can take a twist on something that somebody else created because that's all of humanity mm. that is literally everything that we've ever done like I'm sure at one point somebody carved like a diamond wheel and some asshole was like that's good, but we what we can do and just like chiseled mm. off the points and was like, here we go. You know, like people have made podcasts before. This is your turn on a podcast. Mm. There would be no creativity left. Like everything, it's I think songs especially, yeah. It's like really tough to think of a combination of words that would make sense to the vast public that hasn't been used before. Because like, what do you generally hear songs about like it's anger it's love yeah it's, basic human emotions yeah, and, and it should be that's what art is it's like that's I'm how you connect with connect. it yeah. exactly um but i think yeah it's, it's definitely it's strange that there's no like organic authentic first thought mm. anymore well i'm sure there there occasionally is but we're not really experienced with it you know like yeah occasionally there's a a Nikola Tesla that just comes around and is like, hey, we're going to do this crazy stuff. Mm. And generally they're cast out from society because we're not ready for it. You know, Galileo was killed by the church because he said the earth was round and uh, the solar system didn't revolve around it. And like that was enough for the Catholic Church to be like, dead, burned, (laughs) gone. Like, sure, you've revolutionized all of our understanding of the universe, but we hate you for it because it's slightly mm. different from our worldview. Mm. So, pyre. Catholicism has had some dark times. And, <laughs> and not just Catholicism. Like, I, it's the one that we may have more experience with personally, but, I mean, there's there's beauty and evil in all, all spiritual uh, disciplines, I think. Like, people... Buddhism, I think, is generally romanticized as, like, the most peaceful of the religions and like there are Shaolin monks that kill Hindus like regularly yeah it's been going on for hundreds of years it'll go on for hundreds of years I don't see pure pacifism as a spiritually enlightened standpoint no definitely not I think that sometimes and this is a gray area sometimes you have to kill for the good Mm. I mean life is a gray area and you bring your experiences like I've never hunted before so I I really like cannot be in the same perspective as you guys when you speak to that Um, but my experience I don't know I'm trying to turn it over in my head right now it's not something I feel I could comment on genuinely right now but I think it's definitely an interesting thought Um, I just see it as 
evil will happily destroy the good. Mm. Actually, I really like that. I, I just kind of, when you phrase it that way, yeah. I kind of put it into a political standpoint almost. And, and like, yeah, the good won't, the good has to be able to fight for itself or it will be stamped out by these things that are willing to. Yeah, because you look at like our legislature is made up of people from counties all around the country. Like everybody, every one county or district has a representative and it's just like some asshole from shiloh wyoming that's like okay so i'm gonna go to dc and talk for shiloh um and i'm sure there's 430 438 representatives in the house of representatives i believe um and of those 438 i'm sure 375 are genuinely good people interested in helping their home district and all it takes is 50 people in positions of power to pass, like, write legislation that will be voted on, control what legislation gets to the floor to be voted on and discussed, and ultimately um, be a tiebreaker when votes are close. So, like, um, the vice president is the uh, president pro- or the president of the Senate, and they're able to preside over the Senate, and if the Senate is split 50-50 on an issue, the vice president makes that decision. And that's, like... Not not an abuse of power by any means. That's how our system's drawn up. But it's also like that is the executive branch stepping into the legislative branch and being able to say, Our policy is this, this is what's happening. Mm. And it's happened a lot in recent months with um Mike Pence and there've been a lot of close um <clears throat> close decisions that were forty nine, fifty one, fifty fifty, and he's always done the tying vote or the tie breaking vote. And I don't know, I think Occasionally, obviously, tiebreakers are necessary, but it's also, it opens you up to an abuse of power standpoint, I think, when you are able to make decisions in two out of three bodies of legislature. And really, they they nominate the people for the Supreme Court, too. So at the end of the day, the executive branch, we've dissolved a lot of the checks and balances that we think are um, in place for our government. Like in civics class mm-hmm. in 10th grade, you learn about checks and balances. And a lot of those are based not on hard laws but on norms and norms and laws are totally different like a norm is i won't insult you because i know it'll upset you and like i can insult you it's just there will be repercussions and a law obviously is punishable in the court of law um yeah do you know what's super interesting my uh one of my anthropology teachers talks about how the state has a monopoly on violence Ooh. The state sets itself outside of the rules and says, none of you can do any violence to each other, we but we can. If because we, we are this governing body outside of itself. Yeah. Mm. And I think inherently that's not necessarily a bad thing because a government ideally is a representation of its people. And if 324 million Americans are saying we should go to war with X country, that's what's going to happen. Like... You'll have enough troops, you'll have the the motive, and there must be some reason that 324 million people would want to go to war. Um, that's what a government's supposed to be, it's just representative of a greater democracy. Or our government, rather. They're definitely not a government in general, there's all different types. We can do the schoolhouse rock of the government later. <laughs> now, something I really want to touch on is, as I know, have you finished Man's Search for Meeting, or are you still oh, currently reading goodness, it? yes. Yeah. You finished it? Uh, yeah. Dude, that book changed my perception on life itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. How did, what were your general takeaways from that book? Um, I mean, it's 
first and just on the surface, it's perspective. For Wait, what, for those who don't know, we give a yes, quick background um, about... So Man's Search for Meaning, uh, a man entered, he was a psychologist by trade and unfortunately was subjected to the Holocaust as a, a Jew of Austrian descent, I believe, um, and interred in a couple different camps and really went through a lot of suffering. And the way that he survived uh, was thinking about this book that he later wrote. Um, and he he sort of looked at it as a case study. And he was a scientist just observing suffering at its greatest because that was and still, I think, remains the most objective suffering that we can point to as humanity and just like, my God, how did we let this happen? Like other genocides have been terrible, but not either not as publicized and therefore not as well known or just not as recent. Um, but he... He gave me a lot of perspective because I was dealing with my own health issues at the time and dealing with mental health issues at the time. And it gives you a perspective, not that you're not allowed to suffer, but that suffering won't help you. Mm. Like there is a, there is a place for suffering. Absolutely. It's inevitable. It will happen. Like there will be pain. That's just life. Like we go through a hundred years on this earth. If we're lucky, we're going to hurt at some point. Um, but it gave me a, a larger perspective because obviously I knew the Holocaust happened, but um, it was just, it's really harrowing. I recommend anybody listening to this reads it. It's a very short book. Um, he writes first about his experiences and then kind of a second blurb about his psychological anal analyses. As logotherapy. A, yeah, logotherapy. It's his, and that's his, how, his theory of how people ascribe belief. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, meaning. Yeah, how to find me? A passage that really struck me that was from the the beginning portion of the uh, of the book. Uh, he said that the best people in those camps did not make it. I was go I, I swear to God, I was going to bring <laughs> this up there because like like that. It's harrowing just to read, but then you really you sit back and reflect on that, and you're like, he's not. That's not meant as an insult to the people that survived the camps. They survived because they weren't the best people because the best of the best, like the empathetic, the caring people, people who stood in, for something. If, if we three were interred and one of us was a very empathetic individual, I, you know, they'd probably share a little extra bread towards the beginning. And like, that's not how you survive. That's just not how yeah. you survive in those situations. Uh, but it really, really struck me. And I, yeah, it honestly, it kind of haunts me because because you have to be selfish in order to get out of there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's ultimately it's you. Like and that's sort of a universal truth cuz we're so blessed to have friends and family and like peers, coworkers, like so many people. We've developed an amazing society where we can interact like pretty symbiotically. But at the end of the day, it's you yourself and I. Like all of that could be removed in a second and that's not to sound morose or to be negative like that's just a simple fact of life like anything outside of your being can be removed from you and when you die you're going in alone man right like yeah that's your consciousness or your being or whatever you return to the believe. source yeah yeah i really i gravitate to that sort of interpretation i wouldn't consider myself religious personally um but i actually really gravitate at, i guess the quakers actually put it best the um the F Meeting House of Friends is their, like, actual name. They're just called the Quakers because British people are shitty. Um, and they were scared because they were pacifists. But um, their core belief isn't in uh, a sentient god, but rather in a light source. 
Hmm. So there's a, like, namaste means the light in me sees the light in you. And that's another interesting, like, the fact that ancient Indians and Quakers were able to come to the same consensus is kind of intriguing to me. And obviously there's coincidences in any different religion. It's not a confirmation that it's correct. I just really enjoy it. Because I think you do have those encounters where you run into somebody you've never met before in this life. And you, like, you feel a legitimate connection to them. And, like, Mm. maybe your soul, light, whatever you want to call it, was in proximity to their soul, light, whatever you want to call it, in the grand soul, light, whatever Mm. you want to call it. It's like the first page of that Leary book. Mm. Consciousness is equal to light, which is equal to energy, which is equal to love. Mm -hmm. It's all the same trip. It's all the same. I love that book. The idea that love is the same as energy, I thought about that. It is, and this is actually, you're going to love this because it's dichotomy chat, because there's love and there's hate, and they're both energy, but there's, I, a lot of people believe that hate is an extension of love, that you have to have that hmm. capacity, but I truly, that's not something that I personally subscribe to, because we, we were talking earlier about genocide, I think that is a hate totally devoid of love, I think most hate is devoid of love, I think it's a very, very specialized kind of hate, where you know, you, you have a long-term relationship and it, it ends poorly and there's, like, there's a lot of hurt there and it's a coagulated, like, there's hurt and there's love and there's so much to try and understand and it's easy. I think that's ultimately what it is, is it's it's easy to hate. It's easy to... It's hard to be soft. It's, it's, it's hard. hard to understand. It's hard to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and say, all right, so from their perspective, what are they thinking? Because it's so much easier to go, no, fuck you, you're wrong, I'm right. Like, that's it. Because mm. you stay in your worldview, you don't have your uh, beliefs challenged. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's so much easier, but it's so much less rewarding. Like, think about how undeveloped as a human you would be if you never conceded on any ideological, like, if you never went, huh, I've never thought of it that way. How devoid of, like, consciousness you'd be. So it's Trump? Death? Yeah. Huh? So, so Trump. Trump. <laughs> so Trump. That man has probably never had a self-reflective thought in his life. I don't know. There's like 140 character self-reflective thoughts. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Should we take a brief intermission? I'm Let's take a brief intermission. True. I think we should invest in fucking cameras soon. Video cameras. I think so. Just like some cheap little like Canon camcorders. Just start trolling. Oh, Black Friday would have been the time to do it. But if you keep your ear to like Newegg, or actually there's mm. a lot of them. Um, like, do you guys know what If This Then That is? No. no. It's like an app that you can download, and it's just, um, the whole foundation is that you can make little applets within it, and Ooh. so, like, um, when I enter my car, it turns my Bluetooth on, so it can be in stereo or something like that. Um, when I get an email with a coupon, it saves it in my Google Drive. Just little shit like that, but you could make them for whatever you wanted. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. We could get used ones, too. Dude, that's what I want is technology to start learning and move forward mm-hmm. and work for us more. Absolutely. Like, Automation. it's very rudimentary. Have you ever read about um, universal basic income? Yes. That's, I think it's a really, really fascinating principle, just, like, looking at what we're dealing with in today's world. Mm-hmm. And, like, look at the problems in Appalachia. And, like, if they had, a like, even just, like, a Social Security comparable, like, $700 a month to just, like feel safe with like not necessarily just to live on like you can make more money you can do whatever enterprise you want you can create whatever art you want like i think we'd be such an amazing society you know like we that's what art still innovate and make these businesses that become these corporations that make these products 
like that's just encouraging more of that I think and if people want to create art then that's where they're wanting to be that's where they're probably supposed to be mm, I can see the positives and negatives I I don't see it the uh, negatives outweighing the positives but on that by too much though mm. I so I, I wouldn't say like let's integrate it tomorrow I don't think it's oh, for today's course. world but mm. I think starting to think about it and talk about it is huge because it may not be the solution but I think it's the right direction at least and I think once we once that's a more universally accepted idea battery are we good we're good okay, we're all sorry um, <clears throat> but once that's not necessarily even accepted like literally just understood um, then people will propose other ideas in counter to that in improvement of that Kind of like what we were saying earlier about, like, um, there's no unique thought. Like, mm. we're constantly improving, and that's even better. Because that means somebody's unique thought can be improved into another unique thought, which mm. can be improved into, you know. Yeah, you build yeah. on what you have. No doubt, because if things, if something amazing were invented, and it just stayed the way it was for the rest of its lifespan... We, Television. Yeah, exactly. Like, a great example. Really you still is. want, like, if a... Had, like, a tube colorless television sets there yep. would not be a television in anybody's houses with three channels but because people invented like the xbox one where you can watch netflix through it and like amazon fire stick like any number of devices that you can mm. plug into this to tv and access the internet because that's really what we're after yeah it's that competition that healthy level of competition the internet is next level entertainment it is. Like, my parents don't understand. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm still wrapping my head around yeah, it. Yeah, we don't exactly. understand. Like... Dude, I always say, this guy down the Cape I met, John, he's just this hippie on the beach. I love the guy. And, dude, he, we just listen to music. But he, I was talking to him about how cool it must have been to have music as that wave in society. Like, Grateful Dead, Led mm. Zeppelin, Box Out, Jimi Hendrix. Like, they're all happening in a real... And that's short span. That's kind of what I was trying to get at earlier. Like allowing people to pursue these artistic passions really progresses society. I believe that arts progress society. Or I, it's kind of a chicken the egg thing because like, art is clearly more prominent when a society is at its like pinnacle. Like the Renaissance era was because the Roman Empire was so vastly successful mm. that they could paint these masterpieces. And dude, in order for like great art to be conceived and made. There has to be there has to be excess in the society. Exactly. If you yeah. have to provide, like, if you have to work sixty hours a week in a coal mine to provide for your family, you're not painting. Like, you're right. amazing yeah. if you do, but you're probably not painting. Mm. That's exhausting manual labor that you need to do to support the society, support your family. Like, once we've automated stuff like that, what else are we gonna do? Like, why wouldn't we be more philosophical, be more artistic, be mm. more creative, be more I don't know. Dude, now this sounds so elitist and kind of pretentious, but what if on the whole theme of society or like scheme, total scheme of society, like artists and philosophers and writers, they, they're the flower at the top of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know. I don't think like, I don't think like you said, it society should look society. up for any like specific. I think the beauty in a society is that like, if your mom's a doctor or a nurse, then you look up to her, you might go into the medical field. Like, I notice a lot of people follow similar passions to, like, their family craft, you mm -hmm. know? Um, 
Because, like, yeah, if everybody wanted to be an artist, then we'd be fucked. Like, there'd be no way to operate on us when <laughs> yeah. appended, appendix is exploded. Like, mm. there are, like, those are actually some of the logical people that we were talking about earlier who are, like, purely logical, make really fucking good surgeons. Yeah. Like, the best surgeons Very are true. generally, um... Super mechanical. Yeah, they can exactly. just get good at something. Super pragmatic. Yeah. And accountants and engineers. Yeah, mm. and it's not just related to the STEM fields either. It's just those are typically where they crop up. I'm sure there have been mm. ridiculously pragmatic artists that like. Actually, I met um, who was the the impressionist artist, the French artist that did the like the dot paintings, like the super super small dots that composed. Not the guy that you were talking about earlier, but um, the. It's not the Monet very famous like... one. Is like a, it's like a a river. And there's a bridge and like a bunch of people. A bunch of people park. walking around. I know exactly who you're talking about, but I, I don't know the name of the guy. But like that I know dude, the painting. that dude had to be it's so not Monet, is it? I, I don't know. I no, it's not know. Monet. I don't think. Um, but dude, that's kind of like the Chuck Close thing. Yeah, he has to be so meticulous to focus on these very small and still have a macro image in mind. Like that's insane. Mm. That's that's not yeah. a normal human being in the best way. In the best way possible. Yeah. Van Gogh. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you're saying too about how society in excess or a society that's thriving produces the best artists you also see I feel like you see less art in a society where it, you know times are tough and they're living in squalor mm -hmm. but the the small amounts of art that you do see are incredible mm. and, and they're so deep and I do believe um, it's a balance of the two I don't necessarily think that like a, a society in excess might not encourage people to flourish artistically because we are a society in excess and we are gluttons. Like, yes, we oh, develop yeah. a lot of cultural mm. stuff, but like how high quality is the average television show, movie, song? Like there are very, very talented individuals out there and most people who are out there are talented. Yeah. But like the average, like there's so much media that the average whatever is not that high standard. Right. And I... A common understanding of history, like a super, super concise one, is that, like, strong men in bad times make weak men in good times make strong mm. men in bad times, like a cycle. Yeah. And I think it's just that no society has hit the good balance of, like... And if you study... This is really, really simplifying things, so... Um, but, like, ancient Greece, they had Athens, which was an artistic, cultural, philosophical capital. And they had Sparta, which was an insanely machismo-like violence, we kill babies if they're not tough enough colony. <laughs> and those two coexisted. I mean, they battled at some points, but like yeah, when there's under, a great under the great Greek empire, those two were both thriving. Yeah, mm -hmm. And they just recognized, like, alright, we definitely need both of these to succeed. Wow. Dude, I think those are two poles of how to be. And if you just stay in, like, a perfect harmony of them two, you can be a pretty badass society. Mm. Like, if you That's stay rigid say, and yeah. in the body Nobody's like that, that but also... Yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> so, kill a little bit of babies, but still have philosophy. Dude, no, it's like, ditch the baby stuff. Keep the whole warrior culture, like, strong in your fit in your body. Yeah. And then, like, on the other side of things, like, keep the 
creative side and maybe don't keep like the pretension and mm. non-inclusion like there's and again we're painting with such a wide brush but yeah <laughs> dude i like it's, it's like the uh spartan wives you'd be like come home with your shield or on it yeah <laughs> like whoa bitch <laughs> slowed down like i want to come home <laughs> What if I lose Can't my shield? Can't we just shield? have a nice talk before I have to go stab people with the spear? Like, right? I need some reassurance. Dude, that's next level. When like, you're used to like stabbing each other <laughs> with spears. That's yeah, like, like a gun you you're so removed. From, like, yeah, mm. people have shot targets like miles away. Obviously, it doesn't happen commonly, but like, there's the capacity now. Dude, what about that. a drone? Drone, exactly. Like, like, we were talking earlier about plug that. Plug into the VR. Killer robots. Like, you can legit... Like, Predator drones were legitimately a kill streak in Modern Warfare 2. Like, you were able to just get a computer, and you opened it, and you killed the other players with a missile. Dude. And that is something that people join the military, and, like, lieutenants in the military create, like, havoc. Like, blow up sometimes weddings. Like, obviously, with the target being terrorists. But, mm. like, there's no connection to that. Like, yeah. to stab a human being in war yeah. versus to just, like, pick up a joystick, <laughs> like, fly this missile into, like, a grouping of 100 people in the desert 3,000 miles away and then get up and, like, go to the water cooler. Yeah. Like, there's no connection. Dude, have you seen the, the uh, drones, the drone skit that I showed you? Where he, like, it's just this weird guy walking around the drone. No, like, you the, haven't showed it to Oh, me. it's so funny. I'll, I forget the guy's name, but he's just sitting there, and oh, he's just so bad. It's, oh, I'm, I'm having trouble conveying it because it's yeah, no, so no complex. But my favorite skit in it is when he's this one guy he's having a feud with, and he's like, he's like, uh, oh, those my, he tries to take his donuts. He's like, those are my donuts. And he's like. He just looks at him with all things done. He's like, I've had three donuts before you even wake up in the morning. <laughs> it's so funny. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, drones are crazy. And, uh. <laughs> and contrastly, just... like, we were talking about, like, I'm sorry. No, you... no I. Go on, go on. Contrastly, like, we were talking about how everything is just a tool. Like, because those seem, like, we can use the same tool, like a drone, and you can use it and fly it over Carver Pond and get gorgeous aerial shots that we can appreciate, like, the nature that surrounds us. Like, it can be used for whatever. But when you strap a bomb to it, which humans always fucking do, back to the airplane chat, like, mm. yeah, it's just... We always do, man. It's just like throwing a big rock from really far. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, it's like 2001 Space Odyssey. Like, that whole evolution is just, yeah. like, how do we kill shit now? <laughs> Dude, like, it's monkeys hitting each other with a bone, and it's how the robot, like, bitch your mind now. Dude, literally. Yeah, literally. Remember I remember we, I turned that on? I had no idea what to expect because oh. one guy recommended it to me. And we just, I turned it on, and it's just these apes, like, jumping around. I was like, whoa, is this the right movie? <laughs> what are you doing to me, Dave? That yeah. movie was, it, it was, you it's had to sit through it, but mm. it's insane. We watched it in my 10th grade astronomy class. Wow. Shout out to Chip Hill, my instructor. That's sick. <laughs> yeah, he was just like a super calm, weird dude. Mm. He literally, he got up and demonstrated being a cow um, on one of the tables, like how a ta cow's tail waves a certain way during certain weather patterns, and like just Whoa. got up on the middle table and demonstrated and now he's the vice principal of Sandwich High School. Shouts Chip Hill. Damn, dude. Wow. We, had, we had one guy get fired in my uh, in my junior high. Mm -hmm. 
because there was a lockdown and he said to one of the kids, just pretend like there's a guy standing outside the door with an AK-47 <laughs> about to shoot you. <laughs> and the kids started freaking out. And of course they did. They all told the parents and then he got shit canned. He was wow. nice though, dude. We used to go and play chess with him after school. He's like a good. Sh- he was. I think that he was just like a good shit and just didn't even comprehend he that. Was just at all. trolling. Do you guys yeah. ever have like really weird substitute teachers? Oh my like, we god! Probably I got can't stories do names for or you. Do names, <laughs> like, let's do no some names. fucking weird sub stories. Um, we had this old woman who would come in and she like insisted we call her Doctor instead of Mrs. Um, and she would like. Issue most subs do like an icebreaker, like, oh, we'll get to know the class so I can know all the kids' names. And she was like, just say your name and one fact about you. And like, it's like, oh, I'm Colin and I have nine siblings. Like, oh, okay, yeah, move on, da 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 da. I have a guinea pig. And mm. it finally comes around to her and she was like, when I was two years old, I once put a cat in a bag and threw it out my apartment. <laughs> oh my and god. And all the class is just like, what the fuck? So we laughed and she screamed at us. She was like, that's not funny. And we were like, oh. then why'd you tell it to us? Like, this was an icebreaker. Holy shit. She's, <laughs> she's like... She's a trip. She's like, I'm a sadistic motherfucker. <laughs> Don't you dare laugh about it. <laughs> she's, she's, ooh, she's a force. Dude, laughter is such a binding together, and it's an attack from afar. Mm. Like, it's the group opinion swaying around you, and you're like, fuck. Also, yeah. kids in a mob are, like, the worst. Like, I substitute teaching can be a terrifying I feel job. bad for yeah, them. Yeah, I genuinely Looking back. do. Dude, like, we were bad, man. We were bad. <laughs> there was this little, little Sri Lankan woman who would... She's the nicest woman, but she's, like, the height of the students when we were in seventh grade. So, A, if you noticed her in the hallway, it was, like, at second glance, and it was always really funny. But um, she was deathly afraid of cats, and she subbed for our eighth grade math math class. And like, she would turn around to write on the whiteboard, and a kid would meow, and she'd freak out. And she legitimately, like, I swear to God, this is true. Called the office and demanded that a janitor be sent upstairs to check the walls for cats. And like, we we spent time in this class period for a janitor to like hit the concrete like cinder block walls with a stick to show her that there were no cats what if she's just the ultimate troll and then no the next class went in and like some kid had texted a kid in the next class and the first kid that meowed the entire class got like detention so we had just narrowly escaped our our just wow wow she had her eyes peeled that time (laughs) oh sandwich does amazing work with employing substitute teachers in fifth grade gym class i had a man in casual conversation to a bleacher full of fifth graders tell everyone that this part of the hand is the tastiest part on the human body whoa and then like dot 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 so i've heard and we were like what the fuck that shocked me for (laughs) weeks dude like what do you mean oh god yeah yeah it's it's always a journey yeah, there's some darkness. And like you said, the students are brutal. Terrible. And they truly don't hold back because I feel like they mm. their psyches just haven't locked on to the fact that these are people yet. They're, like, yeah, they're exactly. Still they're still figures. pushing their boundaries. They're, yeah. not they're seeing what they can get. Yeah, and you're hormonal and you hate everything. Like, you mm-hmm. want to just lash out at everything. And if you can <laughs> fuck up an authority figure, that's yeah. such a power trip for a 12-year-old. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
It's Hell yeah, sad. let's go. Like, <laughs> it's, it's very funny when you're there, but looking back, you're like, wow. You're like, oh my god, that poor woman. Like, she drove home that day and was like, why do I substitute to you? Yeah. Actually, going back to that Sri Lankan woman, she came in, um, we had to sell these stupid cards. I played freshman football, which is astonishing to anybody that's still watching this. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was awful. Um, but we had to sell these $150 like discount cards because schools don't fund sports at all. And they were like, we need to buy equipment. So they just made us slaves and like we had to sell these. And she walked up to the CVS that me and my friend were selling these at. And she was like, no, I hate this school. And I was like, oh, I had a part in that. <laughs> Dude, we had this one teacher in, uh, in uh, junior senior high. No, yeah, junior high. Mm-hmm. She would cry every class, dude, or most classes, oh. and she'd be like, "Why are you guys so hard? Like, I don't understand." And then she ended up quitting, like, not even halfway through the school year, because the, the kids at Holbrook are just obstinate. Like, Yo. you will not push them around. <laughs> you will not. And you, I, like, I just sit there, and just the class would just be rebelling around me, and I'm like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, all just right. enjoying the chaos. <laughs> yeah. like, the dog meme, the like, this is fine. Well, the room, <laughs> yeah, the room is just burning. <laughs> oh my god, I love that though. Just staying calm in the face of chaos. We once had a lady give a fake name to substitute at our high school. Like my friend had her for calculus, and she had like she spent the whole ninety-minute class period. They were drawing pictures, and she judged like the best pictures. Like, Upon what meter? She literally, no, so come to find out the week after, the school had to come in and apologize to the class, and they were like, um, she's not cleared to be a substitute. We took her off the list Whoa. years ago, and she came in and gave a different name and, like, taught the class, and we're sorry. But he took God video, damn. and I was, like, blown away that this woman, like, just ranting on. I guess she was, like, drinking during the day, too, so it was, like, really an experience. Damn. Dude, one guy just showed up to my uh, middle school, and he was in total military gear. He's like, I'm here to talk to the students today. And they, like, let him in. And he walked in and was talking about Area 51 and how they were fighting aliens and all this shit. And it turns out he wasn't even in the military, and he was just like bought the thing and it was this huge crisis because it sounds like you guys just let this guy into the fucking into a classroom oh, with no, students because he went to a gone bananas army G.I. <laughs> <laughs> Joe walks into a school dude kids I knew were getting like interviewed by the news and shit that's wild I wasn't in the class but I was in the building yeah, yeah was your high school ever in the news what happened like that, I had that a couple happened. times that like crazy shit and we were like hmm. like one oh, time man. my friend was angry and hormonal in 8th grade and he was fighting with a kid cause like he stole his girlfriend or something I honestly forget the circumstances but he said um, he texted the kid like they were gonna fight so they wanted to fight behind the bleachers of the football stadium and he was like come to the back of the bleachers and you better bring your fucking samurai sword cause, Whoa. cause the kid's <clears throat> The kid's dad was, like, a Navy SEAL or something and had, like, a commemorative sword. So it was just a stupid <laughs> fucking, like, dig. He just texted him, like, come this, get cut. This blew up to a legitimate court case. Whoa. Like, they pressed charges as, like, threatened assault. Like, it was a whole fucking thing. It was, I yeah. could see it, though. We get in the headlines for the stupidest things. Dude, Bridgewater has been in the oh. news plenty. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, the other thing was um, the football team had a hazing issue. 
because a freshman kid got a broomstick shoved up his butt. Whoa! Yeah, like, like fuck the kids that did that. Like, terrible thing, but, like, mm. not a great image for SHS. Right? Either. No. Dude, I heard... Blue Knight Pride. Do you know what was really interesting comparison I heard? I heard uh, just the act of drugging somebody with anything is the same level as rape. Do you agree with that? Um, I think on a... Because it's like rape of the senses. Yeah, on a literal... I don't think it's the same violation. I don't think you can replicate that violation. But, like, obviously I can't speak to it either as a, as a man. But, like, um... Oh, fuck. <laughs> There's going to be a stark contrast pre and post. Uh, <laughs> post break. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about shitty subs and I'm <laughs> fucked up to fucking come to do a sentence. Um, Dude, you wanted to talk about North Korea and that fucking defect. Oh. I'm glad to, but let me tell you one story of a substance. Please do hit Colin. us with it. Mm, please. So, this man was a retired uh, military man. I'm not sure what war he fought in, but he fought in one of the wars. And he was very, very elderly. Substitute teacher. Um... <laughs> he he was one of those that uh he was kind of like a close talker like he would get up in the oh, students yeah. faces he didn't and have the the bubble <laughs> he had <laughs> concept no bubble. concept of the bubble <laughs> but one of the things he liked to do would he would like he would start talking real quiet and he would get like he would be like moving up the roller coaster of conversation and then and he'd <laughs> scream and like get the students like oh like wake him up and one time he's talking about He's talking about the pride and, you know, glory of being a soldier. And he's like, I love this country and I'll do anything for this country. But if you think for one second that I'm going to risk my life for oil, and he just, he oh like, if he had a hat, he would have thrown it on the ground that moment. Dude, I, two of the girls like shrieked because he screamed it. But um, long story short, he, he, uh, I think may have had PTSD as well Absolutely. because one of the students in another class yelled grenade and Whoa, he dove so he up. dove from the front of the class under oh. the desk and when I heard the story of course I was much younger I laughed my ass off but, yeah, but like oh. looking back that is fucking That's dark so dark it's that so dark really dark yeah for like like a fear of cats is one thing like rising <laughs> up legitimate combat <laughs> memories <laughs> oh my god. I wish I had like photo evidence of some of these people. Like there was an old guy that legitimately his face appeared to be like his jowls were so pronounced that he legitimately appeared to be melting. Like to the eye Whoa. he appeared to be melting and he oh was my just god. such an, like he when he got angry his jowls shook a ton. So it was, like, <laughs> it was really fun to rile him up. <laughs> like totally like a fucking pit bull or something. It was oh, it was gold. Dude, but one of I can't like convey that, you know. I just had one more story. That freshman year, dude, one of the uh, one of the subs had an eye patch, and game he, over, game over, game over. Like, and this was my first year at the school. Now I'd seen him, I'd seen him one day uh, earlier in the year, but the second time I'd ever seen him subbing at the school was on Halloween, and we were walking the halls, and one of, like one of my friends leaned over to this kid that. We everyone like used to troll him, and he was like, oh, he was like, oh yeah, he's a pirate for Halloween. Get that? And he walks past him, and he's like, he's like, Ard matey, I'm a pirate too. And I was just like, oh, like I turned around, I was like, no, 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 oh, no, oh. dude, dark. Do you remember those kids that you could just like, like 
get to do something, so you did it. Like, oh, there was oh, this yeah. kid on the football team, and the poor fucking kid, if you made him laugh too hard, he threw up. And he, like, was really <laughs> easy to get to laugh really hard. So the football team would always, like, we'd be sitting in the cafeteria, and we'd be like, yo. And then, like, rip a fart or something. And this kid would start laughing, and we'd just keep saying crude things, and the kid would laugh so hard, and he's like, guys, guys, stop, and it became more pleading, and he'd be like, Bruh! Oh, man. Like, yeah, the football team. They're gonna do depraved, dude. <laughs> they're go- They're literal gladiators. Absolutely. Like they are high school gladiators. In I high school, it. we had the thing called the shit chair, where we <laughs> we took a bag of cookies and added a little bit of water, and then you just mash it up in there, and it comes out looking just like a turd, like the double chocolate cookie. Mm. And then we just like put that on <laughs> the chair. So then we would, when people would go put their tray away, we'd swap the chair out for the shit chair. And so people would come back and they like look down. If they didn't look down, the whole like table is just sitting there waiting for you to sit. Oh. Another thing oh. is people would put milk cartons under the like under the seats of the chair. I remember one time <laughs> this kid did it to this other kid, and he faced he put four milk cartons, and they're all facing forward. And the kid just sat down, and milk just sprayed the back of his calves. It was like oh. the cream of the crop. Like usually you get him with one or two, but he hit him with a that was thing. Like our our school system was just so like retaliatory. Like if we used misused anything, it was just like gone, fucking gone. Like, we had milk with caps, like little plastic bottles, and we would spin the caps at each other or, like, flip mm. through each other, so we got cartons. Like, we got, by the time we lost recess in, like, seventh grade, we didn't have any games to play at recess, because, like, pickleball was banned because people got pegged, wall ball was banned because people got pegged, like, everything was just, like, ban. Dodge no, nope, no, ban, nope. gone. Dude, did you got, did your school ever go through a wasp phase? Oh, the paper wasps. Yeah. Oh, we dude, wasps we, all We militarized through. them. People put tacks in them and paper clips. People like tried to hone them to like duct tape on the tips to make them hurt more. And I'm oh like, my god, it got so fucked up. I was in graphics, dude. We had a surplus of paper in that shop. Imagine being in like an engineering studio. <laughs> make some crazy ones, <laughs> dude. We used 3D to make... print them or something, dude. You could. You so could. We used to make these huge paper airplanes. Out of the uh, out of the giant poster board or like oh. reams of cardstock paper we had in the back, my friend Max and I we like we actually laid it out on a cutboard and like measured out and folded the like the biggest paper airplane I'd ever seen. And we in a passing period we just walked in the hallway, and, like turned around the corner, flooded with students and teachers, and just like gave it a good toss in the hallway. Dude, that thing was slow. But it didn't stop. It was just, it had so much momentum. It just, oh, that was so it sad. It through the hallway. <laughs> it just hit some kid in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> we made like three or four of them. And <laughs> we put my teacher's name on the wing. We was like, Peterson Airlines. <laughs> we just like hugged him the hallway. Like his picture. <laughs> oh, fuck. Good My times. favorite trend that we ever did was the dart game. Did you guys ever play that? Like, no. It was like, so you know, like you make eye contact, you do that, you can punch them. If yeah. you make eye contact and I like, like, and blew a dart, um, you have to drop wherever you are, like you died. Oh. And somebody has to come over and pull the dart out. And kids played it so hardcore that, like, kids got suspended. Like, 
like people would drop in the cafeteria and kids thought they were like the teachers thought they were having like a heart attack or something because <laughs> they were, like, wouldn't respond like part of the game was you couldn't talk you couldn't like and obviously most people did but some kids just took it ridiculously seriously like people mm-hmm. do and like oh the extremes it was taken to were so good kids got concussions dude think about the zo- what is that zombie thing they do here Oh, like a, oh, zombies versus humans or something. Yeah, I've always been kind of intrigued by that, but never enough to actually do it. Some kid almost shot at me once because I guess the the key for a zombie, the way they identify you as a zombie and playing the game, is you're wearing a bandana. Yeah, and, you and when yeah, I had, I, when I had my long hair, I wore a bandana like all the time. And I was longboarding through campus, and this kid turned around when he heard my longboard, and the like the look in his eyes was that like Murder. enemy tango was coming up behind <laughs> him, and so he like funny. swung his gun whoa. around and got. I was like, whoa, whoa. Oh, dude, like civilian casualty <laughs> over here. He was like, he's so like, oh, funny. sorry, man. Thought you were a zombie. I was like, definitely not. <laughs> cool, you gotta get a shirt like not a zombie. <laughs> I just don't wear the bandana. That anymore. would be the most genius disguise. I should have, in hindsight, just let him shoot me and then just like, oh, like drop to the ground and be like, why would you do that? <laughs> Those are the things that like I wish were not just re- relegated to college campuses because like that shit's fun. Whoa. Like if you want to just like do that or like the snowball fights that people organize like mm. it's just fucking fun like yeah getting a whole group of people obviously a college is easy because it's like fucking 13,000 people that are all 19 to 23 like sure we'll do some stupid shit because we're all doing it like most mm. people will um but those community things like the zombies yeah. or um crips and bloods <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a fun <laughs> see it was my understanding that you wouldn't like you weren't allowed to walk around a co- this college campus with a Nerf gun for the longest time. I had thought that that would like get you tackled by Definitely. BSUPD, but <laughs> but then I realized it was a thing. Yeah. So like LARP, LARP is fucking cool. I wish like I wish I could LARP, but that's just not yeah. my capacity. Like, <laughs> Dude, that must be so fun. Like, no. Are we talking about North Korea or is that? Dude, <laughs> let's hit it quick. The defector. The defector. I think that that is really sick. Dude, <laughs> I read I read on Reddit that this guy said, what if it set off a chain reaction of people defecting because they didn't want to be the one to get caught? And then all of them just run across the border. That'll be the day. Like, yeah. honestly, like, <coughs> that's how Regis did it fall. and it was ridiculously brave. And then next time, two people will go. And then next time, and like, they're still going to get fucking shot at. Like, it's mm-hmm. not, not to romanticize it. Yeah. But like, if everybody ran out of there, though, dude, yeah, that's problem like, solved, dude. Did you know that... <laughs> Those crazy iconic moments, like the Tiananmen Square. Like... Yeah, dude. That'd be crazy. Um, I heard that every single guard that was working at that in that border post had been removed. Mm-hmm. And they replaced them all with new North Korean guards. Yep. And they, just, uh, so, they just didn't say where they put yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, my God. What do you think happens to those guys? What, dude, that's insane. It's if, a horrifying. If those guys... Have you seen the hand... Like, the drawings that people bring out, like, defectors draw, like, their conditions in the camps and stuff. It's Mm -hmm. horrifying. It's literally like a large-scale concentration camp in the world, and we just let it happen. active holocaust, and we turned it into a meme. Like, because it's a chubby, fat guy leading it. We're like, oh, just silly North Korea. But, like, it is a horrifying. Like, Mm -hmm. what's happening there is... Yeah, and that defector, everyone in his family is now dead. Or everyone in his family is now in a camp. Every, mm. All of his immediate family, or I think it's what three generations. Mm-hmm. So, so all of his immediate generation, then the one above him and below him, are all being punished right now for him defecting his parents, have, his have children. You read about what happens to North Korean Olympians? Like, no. If you medal, if you get a gold medal, you get a refrigerator. 
Whoa. If you get a silver, you get, like, some other compensation. Bronze. Congrats, you live. And if you don't medal, which North Koreans never do because it's the Olympics, and obviously, like, that society can't really train sports, um, they're just sent to labor camps, which is a really pleasant way of saying executed or just in a sense executed. Yeah, like, thanks for failing our country. Yeah, exactly. So, actually, most North Korean Olympians, when they get to the games, just immediately declare as refugees. They're just like, all right, well, we're not gonna gonna compete in the games. We ask for embassy, please. Because if we go back, we'll die. And it's usually because why wouldn't it be? That's intense, man. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. Dude, what a way to live. live You live for the sport and Mm -hmm. then you're you're just skilled for it. I mean, hey, that's how it used to be. Gladiators, right back to it. Dude, I thought it was intense that he said you can't imagine how bad it is over there. And he yeah. was full of worms. He was malnourished, dehydrated. Yeah. He had um, hepatitis, what was it, B or C? C, I yeah, think. Yeah, I believe so. Mm. I want to find um, an article that I found. with It was somebody compiled drawings that they made over a series of years of the conditions that they... And, like, it it quantifies it in some some way, but, like, it still doesn't. Because they're hand-drawn, they're stick figures. Like, it, you can't possibly empathize with what it is, but it gives you a greater understanding of what happened. Mm-hmm. I think that's the issue with genocide is so... Oh, those, those look like it. Yep. Oh. No, just horrible, horrible stuff. <laughs> I love how the cameras like, like we could like be looking at like cartoony figures, but they still included a size like sixty centimeters. Wait, can you enlarge a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Just double tap. Yeah. Whoa. That's crazy. It's really harrowing. Like there's there's hundreds of photographs. Well, not photographs, but compositions, I guess. This looks like Gary Larson. And if you think what these are that? these are just the things that are oh they make them stand on mind. one leg, dude, you do fine there. <laughs> so it's like three days. Like, You're like go back. He won't go stop. <laughs> oh fuck! There's like mice. Yeah, it's it's harrowing shit. Holy shit! Pregnancy is pr- prohibited within the camp, and if a woman is found pregnant, the wards will cut open the woman, throw the fetus away, and execute her. Holy shit! Yep. Just like like inconceivable amounts of suffering, and wow. because we don't deal with it on a militaristic level or diplomatic level, we're look at that, dude. Look at those faces, dude. How do you do it? Do you just execute them and move in, or what do you do? I, I I'm not the man to make that decision by any means. I, I am. We gotta kill him. <laughs> honestly, I believe the regime has to be toppled, whether they want mm. to do that peacefully. Because, like, rationally, they have to understand. Like, Kim Jong Un understands that if he goes to war with the United States, it's over, in some capacity. Like, they're already suffering with famine, so it's kind of like he's in the. His people are ready to turn on him. He's in his final moves of game theory, kind of. You know, mm. like he only has his like. He's backed into a corner, sort of, because the people are unhappy. Yeah, there's been so many famines. Do you think we will see the fall of North Korea? I I don't know. Like, I really don't know. I I hope so. It's mm. horrible. It's probably the worst government in in um, operation today. Who do you think will receive that land? 
I mean, I, ideally a diplomatic North Korean society or a unified Korean society. The dream mm. has always been to unify the Korean peninsula. Like, the mm. North Korea believes they're the one true Korea, but South Korea also believes that, and really, like, it used to be Korea, you know, before the communists. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know. It's it's really, that's up to them. It's not our decision to make. That's that's the issue I think Americans make It's Russia's so decision often. to make. It's unfortunately Russia and China's decision. Yeah, Russia and China are probably going to end up taking that shit. Yeah, China's their big brother, basically. But um, It's China, yeah. I was wondering if it was China or Russia. Well, it's actually, it's an American general's fault that all of it happened in the first place. Right. Because really? um, I believe it was MacArthur, and he and, um, oh, fuck, who was the president during the Korean War? Was it Truman still? I couldn't tell you, my friend. Okay. I, I believe it to be Truman. He and the president had a, a rivalry and a disagreement just as men. Like, they did not see eye to eye. And the president understood that if you crossed a certain parallel, because he had diplomatically reached out to the Chinese, and he was saying, like, we are fighting the communist forces here. We understand you're a communist force. We're not fighting you. We want to eradicate a violent force that's attacking the South Koreans. Um, And if they they agreed on a certain parallel, and if the troops passed that parallel, then the Chinese would obviously act because it was their border. So they approached, I believe it's the Yellow River, and I don't want to like claim it to be the Yellow River because it could not be but um, they approached that border and MacArthur was just like we're going to march on because we're going to just eradicate all of the North Koreans and China took it as a sign of aggression and China supported the North Koreans and it spread us back into war for another I think four or five years before we withdrew Yeah, Hmm. so it was just one man's hubris that affected world history Wow, and that happens so often one Genghis Khan. <laughs> one, yeah, yeah. Isn't it like one third of people on the continent of Asia can trace their lineage to Genghis Khan? Yeah, that's an ins- one third. Thirty three percent of the most populous continent on the world. Did he succeed? It like was Genghis Khan a success? And the funniest thing about Genghis Khan? Yes, he lived so violently and so brutally, and he died of a nosebleed on his wedding night. Oh my god. He died of a hemorrhage from his nosebleed. Like, this man killed literal, like, populations. Wow. Nosebleed. Probably too much McDonald's on the road. (laughs) Yeah, too much roast goat. Mm. (laughs) Out with a whimper. Yes. Yeah, like, you don't get to decide that portion of your legacy. It's fascinating, because men in power always fixate on legacy, I feel, or generally fixate on legacy. Mm. So it's fascinating when it's ripped from them and I think he was probably in a more primal state so it was less about legacy but Mm. in modern modern politics um, legacy is definitely a motivating factor I Mm. think do you guys think that I'm sorry no 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 you go do you guys think that uh, like trying to plan your life after not your life but what happens after you die and living for that legacy do you think that's a selfish egotistical thing or do you think that's natural and that's how that's progression. Can't it be both? Yeah, it can. It can be very natural and very egotistical. I honestly kind of believe mm. it's a combination of the two, personally. Yeah. Um, mm. It's just the ego striving for, like, right, self. Like, it's like, I'm body. I want more for this body. Yeah. I think on a biological level, it's like, if I have a lot of kids, then my genetics will live on. And it's like, yeah. it's, a, it's a primal thing. Dude, but, when you think about it, though, it's like... You can trace your lineage directly back to the start of mankind. Mm. 
And yeah. It's like if you stop, if you don't have a kid, like it just ends. Yeah, that's wild. That's Damn. really wild. Deep. Deep. I think that's a good place to end off. I think so. Thank you guys so much for having me. The Jeez. pleasure was all ours. Thank oh, you, Colin. It's been a great weekend. It's been a great weekend, dude. <laughs> dude, thank you for oh, everything, yeah. my dude. Good cool. podcast. Good Peace out, my dude. Episode Good 10. Episode 10. Peace out, people. In the books. Best blows to test on my next shows while my whiteboard is marked up with expos. Planning out all of my next moves and expos. The most unlikely artist to make it out of the West Coast. Teenager with the mind of a vet, though. But soon somebody will sign him a check. So if you did something that you highly regret, I recommend it. It's about time that you let go. Because at first they were trying to diss me. Now I'm coming up, so they ask for favors. And when you get noticed, the story flips. See, now they talking to me on their best behavior. People I barely know telling me they love me. Two-faced friends only in it for the money. Who can you trust when he trying to be the greatest? But now I'm waving bye to you haters. Until I'm number Yeah, but the number one is what I'm going for I used to want it all, and now I want it more Until I'm number And you can tell that I mean it If you look into my eyes, it shouldn't be a surprise When I finally yeah. arrive at the top number uh, one. What am I really trying to prove? Did I just put myself into a situation where I gotta choose? Between music and money, fans and friends I hope that all the above is on the Scantron then Life is a test, then I study for the class. If you wanna understand, then you better do the math. Procrastinated rappers thinking they go past. Gonna find out real soon just how long they gonna last. Can't afford to keep it a hundred nowadays. Cause if you want the money and need the record plays, you'll turn into a Lady Gaga monster for the fame. That's why all of a sudden all your music sounds the same. But me, I keep it me, have nobody else to blame. Cause even if I never ever make it in the game, I'll know I kept it true when I gave my all to you. But nah, fuck it, I ain't in it to lose. I wanna be number Yeah, but the number one is what I'm going for. I used to want it all, and now I want it more. Until I'm number And you can tell that I mean it if you look into my eyes. It shouldn't be a surprise when I finally arrive at the top number one. I spent my last two summers surrounded by blue walls and people doing covers. You two stars seem to come in a flash, but when lightning strike, I'ma come later with the thunder. And let it resonate across the town with my voice in a sound, let it shape the ground. From the 415s in the trunk, let it pound to the bay, you know I'ma hold it down. Cause when I'm number one, I'ma take it to the top. This life is too much fun, I ain't never gonna stop. They don't wanna see me run, they just wanna see me flop. But it's gonna be a different story when they hear it drop. Cause when I'm Number one, I'ma take us to the top. This life is too much fun, I ain't never gonna stop. They don't wanna see me run, they just wanna see me flop. But it's gonna be a different story when they hear me drop. I wanna be number one. Yeah, but the number one is what I'm going for. I used to want it all, and now I want it more. Until I'm number That I mean it if you look into my eyes It shouldn't be a surprise when I finally arrive at the top Number one